Facebook or, or, or YouTube, comment and, and tell me if you have ever moved out of state, maybe. Let me know, too, if you've ever moved out of the country. So I lived in Argentina for a little while, and, and so that was interesting. And so you, you get used to a culture. But I'm talking about the moving process in general. Go ahead, comment. Tell me, for, say, I moved from where, where? So I moved, my family and I, we moved from Wisconsin to Missouri. And I also lived in Argentina for a little bit, I just said. So let us know. We like to interact online. Um, but does anyone ever, does anyone out there actually like moving? I got I to gotta find you, you crazy people that like moving, okay? So, Because if I ever do move again, I'm going to call you. But um, if you like moving, comment online if you like moving. I, I, I got to know who that person is that enjoys packing up your home, taping up boxes, carrying them out to a truck, un- carrying them out of the truck, unpacking the boxes. I want to know who you are. Even if your company pays to transfer you, and they send movers, and they pack up and unpack for you, you still have to reorganize your life. Uh, one, of the, one of the parts that also stinks about moving is that you have to change your address. You know, you're in one physical location, you have to change to another physical location. So you call your, you get a new bank or switch banks, or if your bank is, you know, if you can have the same bank, you have to transfer your uh, forwarding address, your mail address, your insurance, your cell phone, your utilities, your internet, your bills. Change of address notifies these people that, hey, I was living in one location, but now I'm living in a totally different location. Or if you've ever had to use GPS or navigation on your phone, I don't think uh, some people still have the navigate the GPS is in their windshield, but now our phones are so incredible that even though my vehicle has navigation, I never use it because with the phone, it just keeps everything up to date. It speaks through sometimes through your through your car system, and and so what happens is you might use this. And I remember when I first moved out to California. I lived in California too for a little while. I forgot about that. And uh, I printed off MapQuest directions. Now, some of you are going, are you kidding me? I actually know how to use a map. Well, that was, I had a map in my car just in case, but MapQuest worked. And so, you know, you MapQuest, and so now you're like, oh, where do I got to go next? And as if that wasn't very safe to try and look down at a piece of paper and try and figure out where you are on the steps and, oh, no, no, I'm seven steps down. That's where I am. I have to consider. I have to move on. I have to continue 231 miles. But is that for the previous step or is that for the step I'm on right now? It was so confusing. Now I love it. I love it. You know, Google, Apple Maps, they say ahead. You know, I have, I have the British accent on my Apple Maps, so they'll say ahead, take the motorway. And I just, I love that. Yes. I got to thinking about something, though. As believers, we all want to hear from God. Right? We want God's presence in our lives. We want to worship Him. We want Him to hear our prayers. But here's the thing right now, you're watching, and we're all watching in different places. That's the beauty of church. We can come to a facility and we can be in one building. But right now, that, that, that feels awkward because we're all in, all in different places. So you're sitting down or you're standing or wherever you are right now. There are people that are watching that live five minutes from this church. It's weird for you because you're like, man, I want to be up there. And you're literally five minutes away. Others of you, you're 50 minutes away. And so it's a little bit more of a drive. And you couldn't make it right now. If you left now, you wouldn't be here for another hour. Some of you are 15 hours away. And there are even some of you watching right now that are 5,000 miles 
from Liberty, Missouri. And so yet we all say, say, serve the same God who we desperately want to hear from and feel and interact with. And we want to be part of a body. And, and, and this morning I want to encourage you, and here's the title of my message today. God's power doesn't have an address. Go ahead and try and put in. I don't know what would come up. I better be careful. Lord only knows what would come up. But you put in a navigation, you put in God's power. I'd like to be navigated to God's power. MapQuest, can you take me to God's power? You ain't going to find a location because it doesn't have an address. You're here and you want to navigate to one specific place where God's power is. Guess what? You won't find it because it's everywhere. God's power doesn't have an address. And so moving, for, it takes you from one place to another. Using navigation, it takes you one place to another. But, but you don't have to necessarily navigate to a place. Kids, are you watching? You, you there? Children, do me a favor right now. Run outside. If you have a doorbell, open up your front door. Come on, why are you watching the screen? Do it. Go to the, open up the door, the front door, reach around and push the doorbell of your house. I'll give you a second. Hopefully we have interaction. Parents are like, what's he doing? The kids are, bah, 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 and they're running around the house right now. And we'll give you a second. Ring that doorbell. None of our technological or music teams have ring doorbell because I'm not hearing anything go, dun, 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 dun. So you go ring that doorbell. And when grandpa, grandma, mom, dad, whoever you're with, your guardian, whenever they open the door, I want you to say this. Say, hey, it's just God here to do a miracle today. That's what I want you to say. I just want you to ring that doorbell and just say, hey, it's just God here reminding you that I'm here to do a miracle. Why? Because God's power doesn't have an address. In the first century... God took on flesh and he dwelt among humanity. But in his humanity, even though he was God manifest in flesh, he chose to inhabit his body. And he traveled from one place to another. And he was limited in his humanity, in his flesh. He limited himself to one area. So if you wanted to uh, see Jesus and, and interact with Jesus and have Jesus perform a miracle, you had to go where he was going. And so, oh, he's going to be speaking at the Sea of Galilee? Get down there. He's going to be talking on the side of a mountain? I heard last time he took five loaves and two fish and gave everybody food and they had 12 baskets left over. Let's get over to that. Today, if we tried to sell an event ticket for Jesus, he would sell out Independence Event Center, Sprint Center, wherever you're watching from. He would sell out soccer stadiums because people would want to get into the location where he's at, but you still, if you ever wanted to interact with him, you had to press through crowds. You had to get your hands stepped on. You had to have disciples say, get out of here. You're a little kid. You're a woman. You're a, you have leprosy and all these things that they had their preconceived notions that thank God now he says, I don't care if you're a woman, if you're a and I say woman because back in that century, you weren't as accepted. I'm not saying that for myself, but back then that was the case. And so Jesus says, no, no, 
no, no. I'm going to stop and converse with the woman, whether she has leprosy, whether she's been married three times, whether she's living with someone. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk to all of them. I'm going to talk to the men, the women, the children, all of them. Bring the kids. Bring them on to me because he loved people. And so, you know, you imagine them, though, beginning to travel and, and imagine them having their Google Maps. And Philip, he kind of seemed like an organized guy. So he might say, all right, we're heading, we're heading out. And now we need to go from Jericho to Jerusalem. That's about 18 miles. But Google's saying uh, that, that that's going to be some mountainous terrain. So it's going to take us a little bit longer. I just plugged it in. And, of course, Peter, type A all the way, is like, oh, put the, put the phone down. I know how to get there. I've traveled from Jer- Jericho to Jerusalem several times. I don't need no Google Maps. Right now, as I say that, you all have this image of someone in your head of who is the, who is the organized, who's the Google Maps, for, who's the type A that says, I don't need organization. I don't need t- uh, uh, navigation. Everyone wanted to be around their master. But then there arose a time, though, where something kind of shifted a little bit because in the, in the midst of people saying, unclean, master, can you do that? I got to get next to Jesus. I need you to come to my house. Can you perform a miracle? Can you, even Peter, can you come heal my mother-in-law? He goes to the house. But something happens In Matthew 8, someone finally has enough faith to believe that Jesus could do a miracle even from a distance. Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer, a Roman of all people. This was a Gentile, a non-Jewish person. Says, pleads with him. He says, Lord, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, all right, I'll come heal him. The officer says, Lord, I am not worthy for you to come into my home. Just say the word from right where you are. And I know my servant will be healed. You don't have to take another step. You don't have to come for dinner. You don't have to be in a physical location. I know this because I'm under authority of my superior officers. I have authority over my soldiers. I say go and they go. Come and they come. Do this and they do it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. And he turned to the people with him. And he says, I tell you the truth. I haven't found faith like this even in all of Israel. In verse 13, then Jesus said to the Roman officer, Go back home. Because you believed, it just happened. And his servant was healed in that very hour. The centurion had enough faith that he knew if Jesus would just speak something into existence, he did not need Jesus to come to his home. He did not need, he did not have to be in a physical location. He understood something that I'm saying this morning, and that is God's power does not have an address. You can plug it in your GPS, and I know some of you have probably already tried that. Most likely your kids. They put it in God's power. Can you, t- Siri, hey Siri, can you take me to God's power? I can't believe it didn't come on. Can you take me to God's power? I wonder what she'd say. What do you think she'd say? Hey Siri. I'm listening. Please take me to God's power. One possibility I see is power realm church of God in Christ. Oh, so when you ask to go to God's power, it wants to take you to a church building. 
I've never done that. I have no clue. That was kind of scary. I just did that in front of you and how many thousands of people might watch this. But it said a church of God in Christ. It wanted to take you to a location for God's power. Because that's the way we think. That's the way Siri even thinks. That's the way humanity thinks. If you want power, you got to navigate to that place. Back then, they thought that too. Oh, Jesus, he's speaking in the Sea of Galilee. He's speaking on the mountainside. We got to get to where he is. But all of a sudden, he comes across a Roman centurion that says, just hold it. Stop. You're a busy man. I get authority. All I need you to do is I understand you have all the authority that I need. Just speak the word. And I know it will happen. Jesus is moved by that kind of faith. (laughs) You look at another Gentile with the same faith, Matthew 15, 21. Then Jesus left Galilee. He went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And a Gentile, another Gentile, a woman who lived there came to him. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter. Last time it's a servant. To this time it's my daughter. She's possessed by a demon that torments her severely. Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. She's a Gentile. She's a woman. He says, go away. She's bothering. And they say, go away, but she's bothering us. And Jesus said, hey, I was sent to help God's sheep, the lost people of Israel. But she says, Lord, help me. He says, Almost sounds a little rude. He says, hey, it's not right to take from the children, throw it to the dogs. I'm called to reach Israel. And she said, yeah, but even the dogs are allowed scraps from the master's table, that kind of faith. And this was a woman who wasn't supposed to have access to Jesus. She wasn't supposed to be eligible for a miracle. But she continued pressing, interceding, requesting, believing. But notice, she does not ask Jesus, please come to my house. Please come and lay hands on my daughter. She just says, hey, Jesus, my daughter is dealing with, she's at home right now. And she has a demon, and, and, and it's, it's just it's influencing her severely. She's struggling. All she wanted Jesus to do is speak the word. You don't need to come with me. I understand authority. Just speak the word. And look at when the Gentiles, they finally started to get it too. It wasn't just Jesus. The, 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 the disciples, they had saw this enough. They had witnessed this enough that when they got to Acts chapter 10, verse 44, even as Peter was saying these words, it says, a man named Cornelius, he had gathered his family together. And Peter sitting there preaching and teaching to his whole family. And it says, while Peter was speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on the people listening to the message. I mean, imagine that. As a preacher, you're in the middle of talking and God's Spirit just decides to take over. You don't even get to, 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 to end your message. You don't even get to, to the climax or the crux of the message. And you're just sitting there talking about Jesus and, and what he's capable of doing. And, and people can't even contain it anymore. They just start worshiping God and they just start responding to the message that Peter couldn't even finish in the middle of his speaking. Jewish believers who came with Peter were shocked. They're looking around because this is the first time in history that Gentile people who had already had faith that we just read about, Gentile people now are receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues for the first time in human history. And the Jews are looking going, man, I thought this was just for me. And they're shocked 
watching this. And, and then they said, uh, uh, for they heard them speak in other tongues. That's how you know you got the spirit biblically. And it says, can, and then Peter said, well, can anyone object to their being baptized? They've got the Holy Ghost like we do now. So he gave orders for them to be baptized. And we love this passage as apostolic Pentecostal people. But what I want you to see in context of this message is that here Peter is in the middle of speaking. It does not say that he nor any of the followers with him laid hands on that, on that family. I believe in the laying on of hands. It's scriptural. When you come to this church, you say, I have a need. Will you pray? We'll get a group of people. We'll pray with you. We'll put our hand on you. That, that's the will of God. That's part of the reason why you got to have social distancing in churches. Because you can't tell a church to get together and say, now just don't ever touch anybody. Yeah, that, That's not going to happen. So we got to say, you know what? We need to stay away from each other for a little while. The praise team walks in today and I'm like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, I feel so rude, you know. We're keeping social distancing, just trying to, you know, be wise. But, but notice that no one laid hands on them. They're just sitting there listening. Peter's speaking a message. Hopefully, like I am, uh, uh, his was probably a lot better, but I'm doing my best. But hopefully, Peter, he's, he's speaking a message just like I'm speaking a message. These people were sitting down. Do you know that when you, that, that when you read about Acts chapter 2, the first time the Holy Ghost, they were sitting down? My goodness, you can get the Holy Ghost standing up, laying down, sitting down. You can get the Holy Ghost any which way. But notice that as they're sitting there, it's just, they're, they're, they're just in the house. Peter's talking to the family. And before Peter can even finish, they just start speaking in tongues. They start receiving the Spirit of God, responding to the message. So what was it? We know that we believe in the power laying on at hands, but it's not a necessity. God's Word is based on your response. His word is always, I shouldn't even say it like that. His word is always true, but it's, it's, it's evidence in your life is going to be based on your response. God's word's powerful. So here, Peter's speaking. Nobody lays hands. They just start responding. I just, as I'm standing here, I'm wondering, what would happen in your home right now if you just started responding? You're not in the building. Nobody's going to lay hands on you. But what would happen right now if you believe the word of God so strongly? So, man, he did it for the Gentiles. He did it for the Jews. He filled them with his spirit. He, 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 they spoke in other tongues. They spoke this language and sounds that they'd never spoke. It was evidence that God's spirit was dwelling in them. I just wonder if I could get that right now. And you just began to put your hands in the air right now. And you began to say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. God, I want you. Lord, I want to have what he's talking about today. Lord, I just, I desperately want what he's talking about. That's how I imagine Cornelius and his family. As they heard about the crucifixion and the cross and Jesus and his love. And they wanted that. I just imagine that as Peter's saying, yeah, and just like he did in Acts chapter 2. He's talking all about Jesus. And then they said, what do we need to do? And, and, and the Cornelius and family, we don't even see him ask that question. They knew what to do. All of a sudden, I just imagine them just starting to weep and, and raise their hands up in the air and, and families just starting to kneel down next to their sitting area where they were in the house. And I just believe that Peter's just like, uh, and then he looks at his, his group with him. He's shocked because he starts hearing them speak in tongues. And he, he wasn't even, maybe he wasn't even going that direction. He, maybe he was just talking about Jesus. He might not even been expecting them. He seems pretty shocked to me. 
But he knows that, hey, all I did was preach God's word and they responded and God did it. I'm just wondering today that if I'm preaching God's word and God's going to do it and you respond, what can happen in your home right now? I'm telling you, God wants to do something for you in your home right now. In you, if you respond in faith. I am not against laying on hands. We believe in it. But God's power doesn't have an address. Too often we get caught up in the vein of thinking. God only does miracles at church. I can't wait until the church opens back up. Because I would love to get healed. I can't wait until I get back into the church building. Because then I can receive the gift of the spirit like he's talking about. One day my sick child. I'm going to bring that to the leaders of the church and we're going to lay hands and guess what I look forward to that day too and we will do that because we believe it but for the time being I'm wondering if there's anyone with enough faith like, like a woman that has a demon-possessed daughter. Or like a Roman centurion that has a sick, a sick servant that can say, Jesus, I fully understand your authority. And you do not have to come to my house. I don't have to go to the church building. I don't have to see a specific person. I don't have to have a pastor or church leader lay hands on me or my child. I want you to know right now, God, that I understand your authority. And I know that if you speak today... That it is already done. And I just wonder if there's anybody here, anybody watching online in your home that can say, I've got that kind of faith. God is moved by that kind of faith. In just moments, in just moments, I'm not going to preach long today. You are getting ready to experience a miracle. You are getting ready to receive the gift of the Spirit with the evidence of, laying on of, uh, of, evidence of speaking in tongues. You are going to lay hands on your child and your child is going to be healed. I know that you say, well, I, I, what am I? Who am I? I, I, I? Listen, the power is not yours. The power is his. But he's moved by that kind of faith and it's going to happen right in your living room. Listen, listen, this reminds me, this reminds me of, of a story when I was younger. Uh, my dad, he was a drug addict, an alcoholic, and he, he, I mean, arrested. He was pulled over, pulled over in the middle of the highway, got out of his car drunk and high, right in the middle of the freeway. I mean, he used to carry his mug shots with him. He used to carry police reports with him to share his testimony with people. And, and, and it was powerful because God got a hold of his life. He robbed places to owe drug that when he owed drug dealers money. I could, he, I always told me, should have wrote a book. There was so much information in his life, so many mistakes, so much grace of God in his life. But what did he do? Here's what he did he ended up he ended up coming into church he came in through a home bible study and i'll tell you right now this wednesday at seven o'clock this church is launching an online bible study if you're watching online if you've never sat through a study of the word of god Tune in on Wednesday nights at 7. You're going to hear some information that will change and improve your life forever and ever. It happened for my dad. It's happened for hundreds of people. I watched it my whole life growing up. But my dad, he, he was just this, this drug addict coming out of drugs, coming out of alcohol. That's all he had known. But before he ever taught a Bible study, he just was hungry for God. He was worshiping God. And he went to a Wisconsin district camp meeting in Shawano, Wisconsin. And he's, he's, he's kneeling down in this metal building that didn't have any AC. 
They do now, I hear. Back then, you used to wear a suit and sweat through your suit and smack mosquitoes at the same time as you just worship. But he knelt down, and Brother Lee Stone King, an evangelist that travels all over the world, God uses him in prophetic ministry. I wish, my mom and I, we looked for the tape. I don't know where it is, but there was a tape. We have it on tape. I wanted to play it for you. But Brother Stone King is wrapping up his message, and he's done, and people are at the altar, and he's just praying with people, praying with people. And as he's praying, his microphone is picking up something he's praying over my dad. And he says to my dad, you are reaching my dad, a new Christian, new convert, new believer, he says, you're reaching, you're reaching for the spirit of demonstration of God in power, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen in your life, and it's going to begin to happen in your living room. He says, it's going to happen in your Bible study. My dad has never taught a Bible study. He had never done that. But Brother Stone King prophesies over my father. He does not say the masses, the crusades, preaching. He says, you're going to be able to begin to see the spirit of demonstration of God in power. And it's going to happen in your living room. How many of you are in your living room right now? And you can believe that that prophecy will work for you too. How many of you are in your living room right now? And you're saying, I want a spirit of demonstration of God in power. In right now, my dad, he ended up, and that came fulfilled. He saw more than four or 500 people baptized, filled with the Spirit, come into church. When he died, there was hundreds and hundreds of people. I even baptized someone, and they got the Holy Ghost at the end of his funeral. That's the kind of life my dad lived. But he would tell you, I'm not a preacher. That's not my thing. But you know what? Every living room he stepped in, he, he experienced the Spirit of demonstration of God in power. And so right now, if you're watching in your living room, maybe Brother Stone King's uh, uh, prophecy is for you too. You're reaching for something and the spirit of demonstration of God in power is getting ready to step into your living room right now, right where you are. What can God do at church? Hear me. What can God do at church that he cannot accomplish in your living room right now? What is it that God can do here in this physical location that he is incapable of doing for you and your family right now as you sit and watch this message. God's power does not have an address. And I'm about done. Look what Paul says as he was spending his last days in a prison cell. He's getting ready to die. And he writes to a, a, his second letter to a young minister named Timothy. And he says in 2 Timothy 2.8, he says, Always remember. I'm getting ready to die. So Timothy, always Remember. Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. I think maybe Timothy knew he was going to get to die. And maybe Paul was trying to say, hey, you don't need to worry, man, because you're going to see me again. He says, always remember, this is the good news that I preach. And he says, and because I preach this good news, I am suffering. And I have been, check this out, chained like a criminal. I'm chained like a criminal. You're probably discouraged. I fight discouragement at times. They got me here. My, my, my reach in this world is coming to a close. They got me chained like a criminal. But look at the rest of the verse. But the word of God cannot be chained. 
That is why through this whole pandemic, coronavirus stuff, I have not been fearful not one single time. Not about, yes, so there's been stressors trying to say, how can we figure this out? How can we use technology? But at the end of the day, no matter if they were feeding children to alligators, if they were burning Christians, feeding them to lions, no matter what happened, we're not facing that kind of persecution. When people say this is persecution, that they don't want you to have church in a building and they want you to use your live stream, to me, with all due respect, that's crazy. That's not persecution. That's just us being careful. The message is not being censored. The message is still going out. Right now, thousands of you are watching this message right now. You're feeling Jesus. God is speaking to you. And right now, I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to worry. Why? Because through the ages, people have tried to stifle the voice of God, the word of God, the people of God, and has never, never, all the way back to the Old Testament, it says the more that they were afflicted, the more they multiplied and grew, that any time that God's people faced resistance, they always came out the other side stronger than they were before the resistance. So to me, I am excited. I'm not excited about the pandemic. I'm not excited about the virus. I'm excited about the other side of the virus. I'm excited to see that we are getting ready to come out of resistance with greater power and authority than we've ever had before. And so right here, Paul, he looks at Timothy. He says, listen, I'm chained. There's restrictions on me. But there are no restrictions on the word of God. So I'm willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory to Jesus Christ. Right now, we're trying to deal with restrictions and, and, and isolation and all these different things. And we're trying to make do. But what happens is there are no restrictions on the word of God. We might be, he, he was locked down in one place, in one address, one location, limited influence. But Paul says, I might be chained down, but no one can chain down the power and the authority of the word of God. God's word and his spirit are just as powerful today as they have ever been. His reach is not limited. He is in your home right now. If Jesus was in your home as he is right now, what would you ask him? If he was standing in your living room, if he was watching you and he said, stand up right now. Please stand with me to your feet in your home right now. If he said, stand up and you stood up and Jesus Christ was standing in front of your eyes right now. And he said, what is it that I can do for you? What do you want from me? What would you say right now? What is it? If you want the spirit, raise your hands in the air right now and say, Jesus, please fill me with this spirit that he keeps talking about and just begin to raise your voice. God is going to fill you. You don't have to be in a church. You don't have to be in a facility, in a location. God's power doesn't have an address. So if you need something right now, you don't have to have hands laid on you, a group of people praying with you. If you can be like the centurion, if you can be like the Gentile woman with a demon-possessed child, you can begin to say, God, I don't know who's where. I'm not in a building. Nobody's going to lay hands. You might even say, I'm a novice in this. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm telling you, just raise your hands in the air and just act like Jesus is standing in your living room right now and begin to say, God, this is what I want. This is what I want. You're not limited in your power. If this is you, just get on your feet and begin to raise your hands right now 
Oh, in Jesus' name. If you need the Spirit right now, God will do it. If you need the Spirit right now, God will do it. Listen, God, right now, if you have physical needs, if you have physical needs, if you have physical needs, I want you right now to begin to raise your hand right now. Lord Jesus, I pray over every physical need. Father, I'm not there. I can't take oil. I can't put my hand on a head or a shoulder right now. But Jesus, I don't need to. Father, I don't need to. Lord, I'm praying for the person that has faith right now, like the Roman centurion, like the Gentile mother. I'm praying for the person right now that is struggling physically, that their heart's not working the way it should, that their back is killing them, Lord Jesus. That God, the doctor said there's cancer in their body and bones. Lord God, that, that their head hurts so bad that they can't even see right now. Lord Jesus, I'm praying for physical ailments. God, not just for their comfort, not, Lord, for our glory, but for yours. That, Lord, that when people begin to tell their friends, I watched a live stream, and God began to move in my heart. He took pain out of my body. He healed me, and I wasn't even in a church building. I want to pray right now, if you've been dealing with emotional issues, that right now the doctor says you have to be on medication. That right now that, that there are things that they're saying, I can't help you. You're just going to deal with anxiety and depression and, and suicidal thoughts for the rest of your life. There's nothing I can do about that. I want to begin to pray over you right now. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, I'm not there, but I don't need to be. Lord, help the person who's dealing with anxiety, who's dealing with fear, who's dealing with, with doubting their self-worth. Father, who's been fighting suicidal thoughts, God. Lord, I pray that, Lord Jesus, that you begin to work in their heart and mind, just as if you're in their living room right now that they would literally begin to feel a presence envelop them and let them know that they are someone special that they are someone who is powerful who is valued that even if other people family members didn't value them and the pain is still there and evident in their life but God that you would let them know right now you value them. Jesus, you love them for who they are, that you walk with them, Lord. Father, I pray for the person that's watching, that's dealing with a marital issue, that they're on the verge of divorce, that they thought, you know what, there's no hope. We've been married for too long and there's no change. God, I pray that hope would be restored right now, that a husband and a wife, Lord, that maybe are unhappy with each other. Lord God, that they would begin to just slip their hand in one another's hand right now and that there'd be a healing that would take place right now. Lord, nobody's there to pray with them. Nobody's there to lay their hands on them. But Lord, that a husband or a wife, that one of them would have enough guts right now to put their hand out and to grab the hand of their spouse. Lord, as they begin to pray, and that Lord God, that they would just say, Lord, we need you, Jesus. We've done all that we can do, but we need strength and healing in our marriage right now. Oh, Jesus, let it be so. Father, I pray for the person who's dealing with substance abuse. God, that's watching. And Lord, already the they're thinking about a cigarette, a smoke. They're thinking about a drink. They're thinking about where they're going this evening. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, that you'd step into their living room right now. Nobody's there to lay hands on them. But, God, we don't need to be. Lord Jesus, you can begin to let them know that their peace and their strength and their value, Lord God, does not come from a, a, a bottle of beer or a shot of Jack. Oh, Lord God. But that, Lord Jesus, that they know they don't need to, to smoke marijuana to find peace, God. That, Lord, that's something would transpire in their heart and their mind right now. 
Lord, that as all these miracles begin to transpire, Lord, that we would always remember this moment of this day. God, when we weren't even in a church building, Father, and you just started to operate in living rooms. Lord, just like a Roman centurion, a Gentile mother, there were some people who said, I don't have to be in a church building. I'm not limited to one location. My God is in my living room. My God's power doesn't have an address.
Lord, we 